Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Linda Stevenson, CIO at Fisher Titus Medical Center. In this segment, she talks about why marketing IT initiatives is critical, particularly for community hospitals, how Fisher Titus benefits from partnerships with other health systems while still remaining independent, and the delicate approach that must be taken when you're creating a roadmap as the new CIO. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. Thanks so much for taking time to do this. Uh, I appreciate it. And I think uh, this will be interesting to get into um, what your team is doing there. Sure. Absolutely. Let's start with an overview of Fisher Titus Health System, uh, what you have in terms of hospitals, some of the other care offerings, and where you're located. Sure. Fisher Titus is in Norwalk, Ohio, about 50 minutes or an hour to west of Cleveland. It's a small hospital, so we're a 100-bed hospital, but we have a lot of other services as part of our offering. We have home health, we have hospice, we have assisted living, we have senior care. So while we're small hospital-wise, we have a lot across the continuum of care for our patients. We also have about a 75-physician group, oh, employed physicians. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. We're starting to see more of that with, where the emphasis isn't on having a big hospital or having a certain number of beds, but really focusing on that care continuum. Yeah, I think it's so important with the changes in the way we're delivering care in the future, you know, less emphasis being on patients in-house. Of course, we want to be able to care for the patients in all stages of their um, mm-hmm. clinical needs, so that's the way to do it and make sure that we have control of that. Right. And in terms of the the clinical application environment, um, what type of EHR systems do you have in place right now? So we primarily use Cerner. They've been on Cerner long before I got here. I don't remember the first install, but it's, you know, at least 10 years or so. We are in the process right now of implementing Cerner in the ambulatory setting. The nice thing about what we have to offer here is we actually have Cerner from the front end from registration all the way through to billing and ambulatory will be taking on that same approach. Therefore, we're getting to that one chart, one chart look at our patient no matter where they go, right. which is so helpful for continuity of care. A couple of exceptions we have is we have best of breed as we work with our areas in home health hospice and cardiology. Okay. Okay. So now what phase is the project in at this point as far as, you know, how far into the implementation are you? Well, hospitals fully functional has been for many years now. We continue to improve that, of course, but the, the focus right now is ambulatory and the go live is Monday. So oh, okay. um, oh, wow. we, we are right on the cusp of the major go live. We have offices going live starting uh, Monday, and then for each month we'll be going live with another set of offices for the next four months. Okay. As far as doing it that way where it is, somewhat staggered. Obviously, a lot of thought has gone into it, but what do you feel are are the advantages of doing it in that way? Well, for two things. Number one, because we're a community hospital, our IT resource is not as large. Our department's uh, smaller than than a lot of areas, so we have about 30 
people in IT, and we have to be able to support the hospital at the same time we go live with the ambulatory. We have to have people at the elbow in the ambulatory offices as well as back here in the command center fixing. So there's only so many offices we can handle at one time. But the other reason we chose to do this this way is the first month we're limiting to several offices, number one, where we have really strong physician champions, and number two, so that when we're only at a couple places, we can work through any issues, resolve right. any issues, make any improvements before we go live in the next for the next three months of offices. Right. Yeah, that, that certainly makes sense. And can you talk about the, the process that's being used there as far as getting that input and then working that into the strategy for the next facility? Sure. So I can tell you that one of the key things we're doing here, which doesn't happen at every hospital, is that we have a CMIO, and he is one of our employee physicians. He's part-time CMIO and part-time in his office. And it's been such a blessing to have him be the champion. And then he's working very closely with the physicians from each of those offices to prepare them for go live to make sure they give input into the decisions, that they have enough exposure to the system before their department goes live, so that they can become their own champion for their teams. Right. I think that's one of the positives we've really done well here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's not something that you always see with a smaller organization having the CMIO. So. Uh, like you Correct. said, really, I'm sure that comes in handy. It does. It, I'm very, very blessed. Okay. All right. So all of this is going on. This is obviously a, a big initiative. And what would you say are some of the other key priorities right now? Well, the first thing I'm doing is I um, on board here at Fisher Titus is to look at the roadmap. So we have a lot of projects on the list, of course, um, but making sure that we're doing the right projects in the right order that bring bring the biggest benefit to the organization. The two things I know we're working on in short term here is to get a new set of IV pumps and then do the infusion interoperability with those IV pumps so that nurses aren't having to manually enter the medications into the pumps and document all the medications that have been infused. So that interoperability will kick off later this year. Okay. And then we are also working on a number of additional items into the rev cycle so that we can do more working with patients on their ability to pay, their validation of addresses, working with them on financial arrangements with the Experian product. Okay. So a lot of focus on workflow and really trying to to maximize efficiency and uh, enable people to do their jobs in a more efficient way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing that I will be putting together some some things for is patient engagement, especially in a smaller organization. We really want to make sure our patients want to come here. So I'll be putting together initiatives around some telehealth and addition patient functionality through their um, portal. Obviously, one of the pieces we've done already is the Apple Health engagement. We don't have a lot of use of the Mm -hmm. Apple Health yet, but I think that's part of what we need to do here is we need to actually market to our patients that we're doing all this for them to try and get them excited about getting engaged in their own care. Right. So is that something where you really just have to kind of create that awareness um, and just make sure that patients know how they can use this type of tool? Yeah, it's not just awareness that um, how to use it, but it's awareness that we have it and we're doing it for them. 
whether it's the portal, the Apple Health portal. We actually have smart rooms here. So we actually have my station at the bedside, which allows our patients to view videos and do different things on the computer while they're here in-house so that they can even during that time be more engaged in their care. So I think a lot of it is about marketing to the patient. Right. Yeah, because when we first started to hear about organizations that were doing these pilots with Apple, I mean, of course, it started with the Hopkins and then those types of organizations. So it's not something that people would certainly expect. Right. If they don't know, then how can they take advantage of it? Right, sure. So we're, we're starting to partner more with marketing to get them involved with our IT initiatives because when we, when we take these initiatives, they cost a lot of money and they take a lot of time, and we want to make sure that everybody receives the benefits, not just the internal process. Right, sure. And as far as what you're actually doing with that project, is it kind of in a, in a beta or pilot phase, or what's the status of that right now with Apple Health Records? Apple Health is live. We've been live with Apple Health since we were one of the, you know, the first groups of people to go live with that, or first hospitals, I should say. What we don't have is a lot of people using it because we haven't marketed it. Right, right. Okay. So patient engagement is a focus in in other ways, too. And the smart rooms, that's something that's really interesting. And has that been in place for a while? Yes, actually, I'm really excited about that, obviously, because I just joined Fisher Titus. I wasn't involved with the implementation, but it's been live for, I want to say, five to ten years now in our ICUs, and it's pretty unique in a community hospital, actually, that they have that kind of functionality, so I'm pretty excited about it. And one of the other things I'm working on is how can we bring even more to the patient through the MyStation tools that we don't do today, such as their meal selection and things like that. Okay. Yeah, that that is a really interesting thing. And when you talk about things like patient engagement, it's such a big umbrella and there's so many different ways that that can be done. But in this way, you know, you're talking about patients who are in the hospital, but uh, I'm sure that there's also a lot of effort to engage with patients who are in their home or using other types of uh, care facilities. Absolutely. And that's where your telehealth comes in and your patient portal. Right, right. Okay. And now is Fisher Titus an independent facility? We are independent. We have affiliations for some of our services. Like, for example, we we partner with the Cleveland Clinic to work with them on oncology. But we are an independent hospital, and it's kind of like we have the freedom to be the best of the best, so we can work with one hospital for their program for oncology and another one for stroke if we wanted to. We also have some groups that we work with, which is really lovely out here in the West, which the hospitals get together and say, you know, how can we do group things together, such as group purchasing, even discussions about, hey, are are you all working together to solve the Windows 10 problems? Let's work together and see if there's any group benefit there. Yeah, that's, it's, it's an encouraging thing to hear because I think that a, a lot of time we can get swept up in the M&A. It's like an all-or-nothing proposition, whether you're independent or part of a large system. And it's, it's really nice to see that there are other ways to, to go about things. Yeah, I, we don't all have to be competitive with each other. When done right, there's enough business to go around. And if we can take and even uh, the CIOs meet on a regular basis to share stories and learn from each other and find best practices so that we can all provide better services to our hospitals. Right. So as you mentioned, you're very new to this particular role. Can you talk about how you approached being the new CIO and kind of how you got to know the team, the organization? 
Sure. Well, I can tell you that I was very blessed in that my last role, even though it wasn't a CIO title, allowed me to do a lot of the things that I would do in this role. So from a technical standpoint, I was ready for that. What I really needed to focus on when I got here is one-on-one meet and greeting of every employee that I have on the team. I think it was really important to get to know them, understand what their concerns are. Of course, when someone coming in at the top, there's always a fear of change. Getting getting to help them understand that, you know, I'm not here to rip the rug out from underneath them, but what I'm here to do is help. So kind of that servant leadership approach. And I think that was really good to meet one-on-one with every single employee in um, IT, as well as one-on-ones with key leadership members to make sure I understand their needs and figure out how to best partner with them. Yeah. You had mentioned the roadmap and looking at some prioritization of projects and I can imagine that's not something you want to do on day one, but, you know, you don't want to walk in and say, okay, here's what needs to change. So there's a delicate approach to that, would you say? Yeah, there is. But I think, unfortunately, because there wasn't a roadmap at all, when I first got here, my concern was that we are not doing the right things at the right time. Whoever screams the loudest, that's what you do. So it was really important for me, even though I really didn't have the relationships yet to get with all the leaders and have the discussion about, tell me tell me what it is that's on your roadmap, and then let's go through it together and say, which is the biggest bang for our buck, so therefore these things need to come first, second, and third, and actually put a number on them so that when I put them all together as an IT department, I can say, these are the big rocks, and these are the, the things that are going to bring the most benefit. We're doing those first, and then the other things are going to have to take a back seat until we have resources available. My goal mm-hmm. is to never say no, but my goal is to say, okay, let's figure out when and how. Right. Yeah, sure. What was kind of your mindset going into that role? Uh, obviously, knowing that there was going to be a lot of work to do with establishing a roadmap, is that something where you really welcomed that opportunity? Yeah, I think that's one of the strengths I have. My, my background is in project management, so I automatically think big picture, and I think about how the piece parts need to come together. So that, that's where I think I do best is getting everybody to come together and see the bigger benefit and see how we need to to plan together. So I was totally fine with that, even though it's difficult. Yeah, sure. It's interesting. I can remember a conversation I had with a CIO. It must have been about a year ago, but in talking about project management, I think that those who have experience and training in it, it can really, really tell how beneficial it is for how useful that is. And, and do you think that that's a skill that's really been useful to you as a leader? Oh, I think it's been critical, as a matter of fact. I think that being in project management forces you to see all the disparate parts that need to come together to act as one to achieve a goal. And it's just the nature of project management is like that. And I've been doing it for so many years that pulling together means to have conversations is just part of my daily job. When there's, a, when there's confusion on how we're going to approach the purchase of new medication stations, okay, let's get everybody together and let's talk it through and give everybody their assignments. So everything becomes a little mini project. Right. Is it also a way to kind of deal with things kind of in chunks? Not trying to, to tackle the whole thing, but really to kind of yeah. uh, put things into chunks. Right. Really recall. Thinking about biting off one bite at a time kind of thing, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's very true because there's only so much you can bite off at one time. And it is, how do you break it down? Do you break it down to these pieces and you can understand those pieces? And then, then you go the next level and the next level, kind of like doing a work breakdown structure, getting you know more into the details as you know more. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com.
to hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.